Hi, and welcome to the 34th episode of Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Sites, and I'm excited to be back with you. I recently just put up a podcast with my husband and I, um, but podcasting lately has just been this very organic process. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about today of the concept of surrendering to love or surrendering to source as a way of healing something I will call self-betrayal. And I've just been following the energy of this podcast. I've been following, you know, where my God source is leading me next. And um, I wanted to share with you a little bit about what's been going on for me. Uh, This podcast, as I've said, has been a self-exploration, sharing that with you all. I think that we have an opportunity to be part of a higher consciousness, be part of a community of healing and, you know, just bring our peace And one of the ways we heal shame is through authenticity and vulnerability, which I've discussed often here. Um, But I'm going to share a little bit of that with you and just a kind of a deeper dive. Um, Hopefully you can gain something from my journey over the last several months. Um, Many of you know that I've talked about the concept that we have to descend before we ascend. You know, every time we set an intention with God that we want to move to a higher level of consciousness and development, There is a shedding process of lower um, patterns, mindsets, emotions, even things that are stored in the body. Gosh, even down to our food. I've had God reveal to me things like, well, if you want to be able to do that, then you're going to need to have better sleep and eat higher, you know, higher levels of energetic food. Food even has frequency. It's a kind of a cool thing when you study that. Um, So I moved into eating just much more of a holistic uh, diet because I needed more energy. I needed higher level, more nourishing food, right? To be able to keep up with the energy levels that the things that I wanted to accomplish with God were presenting. And so doing this work, uh, putting that intention out there in co-creation has been a beautiful journey, but it has led me to recognizing just pieces that weren't fully there for me. And I often call this shadow work. Shadow work was coined by Carl Jung, but it's just owning the denied parts of self uh, that have been repressed from from you. But I kind of want to try to make that more palpable today for those of you that aren't familiar with shadow work. um, I do like to think of shadows in terms of how shadows operate in nature, right? If we have a, um, a tall tree, that the shadow is a rep is a poor is kind of a mirror of that tree to its opposite, right? So we have the shadow of a tree, but it's not the tree itself. The tree is the opposite of that. So often our shadow is an opposite energy or it's on the other end of the energy spectrum of where we actually are meant to be and hang out. Shadow things can be things like insecurity, uh, low self-worth, you know, anxiety, um, you know, isolation, right? These are the kind of low energy places we hang out, resentment, right? That are actually not part of us. And that's why they feel so uncomfortable in our bodies, these energies, these ways of being, because it's not the truth of who you are. And if our bodies are anything, they're beautiful indicators to us of where we are in our development. When we're in a pain body, the more of that we're in that pain body, the more that body is letting us know that you're not living in oneness and harmony with your true self. But I find that moving into harmony with true self is easier said than done because of something called self-betrayal and why it shows up. So I wanted to talk a little bit about self-betrayal today. It's just something I've been exploring lately. Um, 
but let's start at the beginning, right? So let's just say, because this is, I believe the truth, you know, you came into life as this beautiful light. You knew you were loved and free, right? You were loved and free before you entered this physical body. And then you entered into the ego world that tells you otherwise, right? It tells you a story of there are specific ways that you need to do things to be loved. There's a right way and the wrong way to do things. And maybe you're right or you're wrong based on the ideas of the, of the attachment figures that you were born to, right? There's a way that things are done around here. And if you don't do it that way, you're not enough. And then enters the concept of self-betrayal, right? Um, We often deny our wants, our needs, even our true light, our true self to satisfy the wants and needs of others, right? To satisfy our attachment figures, to satisfy maybe our system, um, to, to survive, right? A child doesn't have the opportunity in a family system to look at parents that maybe are saying, hey, um, you know, maybe she's a brilliant artist. And in that family, the parents have no artistic ability. And they're saying, hey, in this family, we're all soccer players. Everybody's in soccer. That's what works for the family. And everybody's doing soccer, right? I mean, I see things like this a lot with big families. And so she's like, all right, I guess I'm not an artist or it's not going to work for me to be an artist now. So she kind of puts that gift away and she's like playing soccer. Maybe soccer's not her jam, but it, it's like, I, I think sometimes when we're living in self-betrayal, it's like, it's like eating sandpaper, right? It's not really the full thing. It's, it's okay. It's fine. It's, it's not, it's not enough. It's not high energy. It's not flow. We don't feel great joy, but you know, it's something. And so we settle, right? Right. We settle for this kind of lower way of being. Um, but what we get is that false connection, those false attachments, right? We have people in our life that love us as long as we perform in a certain way. We have people in our life that are willing to kind of accept us as one with their tribe, as long as we're following the rules of that tribe, whatever that tribe may be. And their self-betrayal happens. And, and slowly, slowly within our side ourselves, there's this, this anxiety that builds up. And what we see with self-betrayal is low self-confidence, low self-esteem. And at its height is a lot of anxiety, right? A lot of anxiety, maybe even depression, right? Because if anxiety hangs out long enough, it can move into depression because there's a sense of like, I'm not living my true self. And our body is just screaming to us like, this isn't really enough for you. Now, not everybody I find has the same level of anxiety actually around this. Some of us have kind of settled with and are comfortable with, hey, you know what, this is enough for me. And I think it's really important to understand that like each one of us chooses our level of expansion or what we desire. Some people came here to expand and to grow into higher consciousness and really are wisdom seekers. And that's the call of their heart and their soul. And they just cannot be but that. I mean, that's how I am. And then I know there's some people in my life that really like are comfortable where they are. And it's not really for me to tell them that that's not for them. I may be, I may see where I'm sitting in my judgment that there's more for them or they could live differently. But again, this is their own journey. And part of uh, being love and being out of self-betrayal is loving and accepting both yourself where you are and other people in their, their journey. Um, but what God wants for you is your freedom and love. Okay. So this, this, this surrender to love. So let's go back to, you know, what you were and, and what happened. Ego will tell you something that I want to explain to you. Ego tells you that, um, that a false concept of humility, humility for ego is self-debasement, right? You need to live kind of in this sense of 
I, I don't want to let my light shine too brightly. I don't want to make too big of a deal because I'm not that important, right? Maybe my God's important because God is, you know, we do have that honoring or that like humility before source, right? Or other people and their needs, that's important because I love others. And so I'm, I'm just not that important, right? We have kind of that martyr-esque approach to life. Um, the other thing ego will tell you is like, you're more important than, or, you know, we can go into that kind of bully, like my needs and my desires are more important than anybody else's. And I'm, there's maybe too much importance. So it's either too much or not enough kind of in this, this mindset, right? So either way, these are imbalances. True humility, though, is accepting the purpose that God assigned to you. To like understanding that you are here to be co-lights of the world, right? Like God has, you're created in light, you're created for light, you're here to fulfill your function and your purpose. And humility is not hiding that, it's the opposite. It's saying, because you're divine, I am also divine and I'm accepting that true reality and stepping into myself, right? And this is where our self-work, healing self-betrayal meets with shadow work, right? Shadow work is owning those broken pieces, those lost parts of you, and stepping into taking them back. Well, what does that look like on a, you know, everyday kind of thing, right? One of the things I want you to recognize is that it's it's a bunch of patterns and traditions, right? We learned to put the needs of other people above ourselves. We learned a, a way of living based on, again, our culture, our tradition. Western culture would tell us that there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do things. It's actually fairly egoic. Um, that's one thing that we know and studying that. Um, it's not the inner journey to listen to your heart and be led from that place, but it's like, Hey, this is what society is doing. Now. I often see that even in Eastern culture, this idea of like oneness with community. And, you know, there's things that we do in harmony with the community. I think there's an importance in recognizing where we intersect with other people, but all, but yes, yet still listening to your own heart and your soul in the matter. Um, but I often see go concepts of like, um, this is what success looks like, you know, and if you don't have success in the way that, again, your culture and your tribe says it's successful and that you don't fit, that's a you problem, right? That's often what is said to you, right? If you're not, if you don't have success, like if maybe you don't have the, the like young people, you don't have the grades or you don't, you know, you weren't the star athlete or uh, a lot of times religious systems have ideas of what success looks like. If you didn't fit into that mold or that's not what you feel is, is what's right for you, then you're not, you're just, there's something wrong with you, right? But how does that work when we're in each a unique, diverse light that God has sent here to shine uniquely, right? There is no one size fits all when it comes to divinity. Uh, what would that be? I mean, seriously, like I look at all the beautiful colors of a rainbow, like the, what makes it beautiful is that it's not all red or it's not all yellow, right? It's that there's these differing hues. And I think that's one of the things that we often miss in what I call the one size fits all concepts of success is that it's not allowing for that diversity to come forward. And so part of healing self-betrayal is acknowledging your diversity, right? Acknowledging your uniqueness and having the courage to bring that in, out into the world. Well, let's go back to the attachment injury, right? If you believe deep down that 
your worth, if you need to be accepted externally, right? You're, you're needing a tribe or your parental system or your friends or whatever the society to give you your worthy, you're definitely in the shadow, right? You cannot bring back those retrieved parts unless you've done your inner work, right? Which is to take back the higher light. So let's talk about that. The higher light is knowing that you are enough, that you are loved and accepted just as you are, and understanding that the only thing that separated you from love was your belief that you were separated, right? A lot of times this type of work can be spiritual in nature for people as they connect to God and understand um, you know, their worthiness and their, their continual love that they were never separated from love, but their mindset is what separated them from that love and taking that mindset back. It can also look like separating from traditions and beliefs or ways that you denied the way you needed to self-care um, and take care of yourself or the things that you found brought you joy, the ways that you connect to source that are maybe unique and different from the person near you and the unique path that you have to walk that maybe isn't the same as your parents or your friends or your tribe. Um, one of the things, the work I like is from um, Dr. Nicola Parrish. She wrote the book, uh, How to Do the Work. And I loved her. She did some YouTube uh, work on this recently. But she talked about how part of healing self-betrayal, and I'm just going to give you just a real quick skim on this, is to um, to do to make daily promises to ourselves. So I want to put this in a, re a real work. Because I often, when I start work with clients around self-betrayal, I help them make small daily promises to themselves so they can show up as themselves. Right. And, and I, I say small because if you're so used to not doing things for yourself or not keeping promises to yourself, because like I said, you have this ingrained habit of satisfying the needs and wants of others and denying your own needs and wants. It's a new and even uncomfortable, unfamiliar practice to start keeping promises to yourself. It can look like one minute of daily meditation, five minutes of journaling, maybe one home-cooked meal, uh, maybe even a day is too hard, you know, a week, you know, it's just being consistent. That's the big deal, right? You want these to be completely attainable so that you can accomplish it. And then as you do these things, you want to acknowledge that success and not minimize that to yourself and even celebrate it. So these are the big steps, something very small, something very measurable that you can absolutely be consistent in. Um, you want to acknowledge that to yourself when you've done it and then celebrate that. And then of course, it's about adding on to this sure foundation and consistency as you do that one small thing. Um, there's been many studies about like the book Atomic Habits, where we compete, keep these one small commitment to ourselves. And that becomes this foundation, which all the other commitments, because let's just say hypothetically, um, I saw this example in Nicole's book. She had a client who just drank a glass of water. Now she ended up healing MS, you guys, MS. I mean, it was crazy what she did with one glass of water, but she started with one glass of water. And then she paired another habit with that glass of water. She had that, I drink a glass of water in the morning every day before my coffee in this particular client. And then she added, I think, uh, future self journaling, which is a really cool thing, right? This is who I desire to be in the future. I'm going to journal about that as if it's already created. And she would do that for five minutes. So now she prepped her brain, right? But she attached it to the water and she started 
one by one adding new habits to this base habit. And so, you know, that cue was already there and then she could just build upon that. And eventually it moved into, you know, a complete awakening of self, right? To into a completely different way of interacting with the world. And it all started with a glass of water, right? So I want you to take a minute I'm going to have you pause here maybe and think about what's one small thing you can do to break the habit that you have of self, you know, debasement, self-denial, right? Remove the concept of that it's self-glorification that the ego tells you to take care of yourself and recognize that God created you to be a light and humility is actually stepping into and being the light that God created you to be. The ego would have you believe it's 180 degrees the other direction. But the actual truth is, is that if we're not here to be the lights of the world on behalf of source, then who else is, right? You do no good for the world. And if you love, you know, your source, you do no good for source by playing small. Truthfully, it's the opposite. As you allow yourself to be yourself, that's how you do accomplish. Um, that's how you step humbly into your purpose and calling in life. But there, it will start with a simple habit. So I'm going to have you do a little meditation with me. So maybe pull over somewhere. And take a deep breath. It's important to set goals and habits from source, not ego. A lot of people in Christianity, I'm a Christian myself, believe that clearing the mind means you're clearing your wisdom and your knowledge and from source, but it's actually the opposite. You're clearing the ego mind, right? We want to learn to have an observer stance with the things that are on our minds and we are not our minds. We don't want to be over-identified with our minds because our minds are often telling us the story of the past, of the fear, of the self-betrayal. And we're seeking to take a step away from that and co-create from a different place. Okay. So what I'd like you to do is take a breath in, take a breath out, and grounded. We need to be grounded when we make a new choice, right? That's part of how we connect to change through grounding. Uh, We can ground visually. We're going to use some guided imagery on this. I want you to imagine a light at the base of your spine. And it could be a, a tunnel of light, or you could imagine roots of a tree. And I want you to imagine those going all the way into the center of the earth, just grounding you in this physical body, connecting you right to this body and to where you are now connecting you to earth because we often live disassociated right so you're connected you're safe and secure in this light it's a comforting true peaceful light And then see that light going all the way through the middle of your body, like the midline out the top of your head. And this is where you can connect to your source. I love to name my source, you know, give it a a personhood, you know, name that for yourself. For me, that would be God. And I could go even further, but I'll let you identify a name source for yourself. There's There's sacredness in names. 
And then see that light coming down from your crown, the top of your head, all the way to the center of your heart. And ask yourself, what does ego say that I am? That'll be one answer, right? Now ask your heart, who am I, right? From your heart. It's a different answer. And then ask your source, yourself. There's your spirit and then higher, you know, consciousness spirit or Holy Spirit, people call this. What does spirit say that I am, right? I'm one with this. What is the message there? And take that in. Now, once you're in this space, right, you're listening, notice the difference, right? We've got these different voices where we cleared the ego. We even cleared maybe the pain on the heart and now we're into self. This is what meditation can do. Allow this part of you, this higher consciousness self, this part of you that already knows all that you are, your gifts is connected to who you've always been. What is the one thing that can move me into further connection? What's that one habit that I can put in place? When is the best time for me to do that so I can be consistent? And how often do I need to repeat that for how long, right? Let's be very specific in order to, to be successful with this new habit. And maybe you want to take a minute and ask source for extra strength and energy and even reminder. You know, I like to put things on the forefront of my mind. I choose this. I choose to have this be something I recall. You know, that help, right? That, that enabling power, that help to help you make this change because all of us need a bridge, right? We need strength beyond our own. And this is your place to gather that strength to do that thing. Awesome. For some of you who have listened in, so we're going to just go ahead and come back to ourselves, come back to this podcast for a moment. I hope you'll write that down. I hope that you will be consistent in that one thing and add to it. Um, one last thing I'd like to add to, just as a thought, just as a, as a thought is that when you're moving out of shadow work, you're moving from self-betrayal to self-love, right? Or to honestly, just your oneness, the concept of who you truly are, you're moving from the victim, right, into the co-creator. You're being invited from being that child to the adult. Oftentimes what I often see, because again, we were told as children that we were here for others or we needed safety in these kind of inappropriate, uh, less than healthy ways. Um, we we had a we we give our image to God based on that knowing right based on that understanding because we're still developing language and understanding from this mindset and I often see people see God as like the great rescuer right or if it's not God it's people in our lives like we're expecting to be rescued from our spouses or um, maybe we expect our our church system to rescue us or we expect um, you know God to rescue us right. I want you to think about the idea 
that if you need a rescuer, you're a victim, right? And at least how I have understood this, and you can ponder this too, is that um, may, God is inviting you to a much higher relationship, right? If you are needing to be rescued, first of all, you're going to need to be rescued again. And that's just not something that's sustainable. And I feel like at least my understanding of God as this abundant co-creating force, God would cease to be God if this is the way it operated, right? If God had, if it was rescuing us all the time or making things happen, there would cease to be free will. There would cease to be an invitation to co-create. So this is coming from a humble conversation. But what I'm trying to say to you is that maybe you release the idea of of this fatalistic predetermined, I I'm just every, everything's just laid out for me to freedom, free will, co-creation and know that God's not rescuing you. God's showing you how to rescue yourself. The child needs a rescuer. The child needs a caregiver. The adult learns the skills of self-nurture, self-care, and then applies them. And then they're there. They're able to not only be a light to themselves, but they're then able to be a light to others because they know the process and they can teach it. I often used to be, my prayers used to often be like, hey, you know, please do this for me. Please take care of this for me. And I started to realize as I grew in higher consciousness that that's not what my relationship in health looked like with source at all. It was like, hey, show me how to help myself. Give me the courage to change the pattern and apply the learning to do the daily work so that I can do the rescuing so that I can be free in your love. So I can be free of these old patterns and know who I am. And I also love to co-create like, hey, this is what I think. This is what I think would be a good thing. This is what I'm wanting to accomplish and inviting God to partner in that with me. And I, I really think that God invites us, source invites us to a much higher relationship of co-creation where we get to do things together, uh, not where we're waiting to be told what to do, not where we're being rescued, but where we are taught and we can apply and then we can teach others and allow them to apply. And they're their own rescuers, right? They're their own healers, self-healers. So I want you to ponder that and how much more beautiful that is, right? God's source wishes to create with you. God's source wishes you to step into the healing being the light of the world and helping others learn the process of self-healing um, and allowing us all to be free to determine, to be part of creating our future, right? Versus it already being determined for us. So this is the process, I think, of moving out of self-betrayal, this idea that you're a little child that doesn't have any abilities, right? That you must be rescued into the, into the, the adult woman or man, right? The divine woman and man that you truly are, which means you're loved, you're enough, the power and the, uh, the wisdom is within you if you'll stop and hear it of, of the next step that you need to, to heal and to change. Uh, one of the things that we'll talk about moving forward in shadow work is, you know, if there is resentments, there's anger, there's dependence upon the change of others in your life, it blocks the miracle. All miracles stem from love and we can take longer to receive that miracle, or we can just remove those things and say, hey, I'm, I'm no longer dependent on my parents, my system, my spouse to change in order for myself to heal. I'm going to take those reins and do that one daily thing to help myself and be consistent in that 
to show up for myself, to show up for the wants and the needs and the, the hurt that I've experienced and begin to the process of healing. And as I heal, uh, I will actually be able to see others differently as I step and I'm connected to love. We can't give what we haven't received. You know, I then love and accept myself. I'm able to love and accept others. And ironically, all the things that you're looking for, all the things that you were hoping others would rescue or bring to you, they're already found within you, you know, and you're able to give them to others and you're able to attract them. And it actually speeds up the process of the miracle. We often block the miracle because we want it to come in a different form than we think, right? We think it needs to come in a specific way and it, and it's not, it's, it's going to come from that within, right? But again, let's go back to that process of the one daily thing that you can do to, to stop, to keep promises to yourself, to show up for yourself, to say, I'm in value. And I promise you that opens the door to a new way of being. So this is my podcast today. I hope it serves somebody. Um, it's just kind of an interesting way that God brought me to look at the concept of, of self-betrayal and self-healing and empower you to know that it's really just the daily work, right? It's the daily work of seeing the patterns and traditions that you learned falsely, uh, understanding that self-care is not self-glorification, um, and that true humility is allowing yourself to be the light, to take the new pathways, to take do the self-care, and to understand that you are enough. So I'll talk to you again soon, and thanks for being with me today.